Badger fans, and welcome to another edition of Bucky's Fifth Podcast. As always, Tyler Hunt and Matt Bells here covering everything Wisconsin athletics. On today's show, we've got a lot of news to get to, um, a good amount in the recruiting department. There's been some new offers that have gone out for the 2023 class. Last episode, we talked a lot about the 2022 class. It's now starting to ramp up, but there's still offers being thrown out, some unofficial visits scheduled and then we've got some uh, crystal ball predictions for a four-star defensive tackle that we'll get into which I found pretty interesting that that is starting to ramp up uh, in that regard. In the back half of the show we'll talk about the Camp Randall stadium renovations which are now proceeding in the south end zone. Of course delayed due to COVID we'll talk about how um, that project's going and then we're going to talk a little bit about um, just being back at Camp Randall. You know live sports are starting to come back I know there's a lot of excitement building that there will be full capacity at Camp Randall this fall, and I know um, I speak for myself and probably for Matt as well that we are both very excited to be back there on September 4th um, when Wisconsin takes on Penn State. So we'll just kind of talk about um, you know how that's going to be and, and how things will go forward um, in the live sporting event world. Matt, how are you this morning? I'm doing great. Yeah, I think this is going to be a fun episode. We've got quite a bit to get to in, in terms of some recruiting news and then yeah talking about actual football and what Camp Randall will be like um, jumping into things like you mentioned September 4th how are you doing today it's I'm good it's going to be it's going to be a great day that September 4th uh, I tweeted yesterday uh, me six beers deep just wanting to be let in uh, to Camp Randall Stadium is going to be a great feeling once uh, once you get to the seat so I know a lot of people are excited to, to have that back I personally have not been to a live sporting event since um, everything shut down, so I'm excited to just be back in, in person anywhere. Um, going to a Brewer game here in a couple weeks, so that uh, that live sporting event atmosphere will certainly be exciting. Um, but before we get to that, let's talk about some news, and then we'll get into the recruiting stuff. First bit of news, Madison Cohn, um, former Badger, of course, was in the transfer portal and then committed to Buffalo. Um, of course, the recent news with Lance Leopold, him departing for Kansas, means that Madison Cohen, of course, opened up um, his recruitment back up, kind of decommitted and decided to go to Appalachian State now, which I believe when we first talked about Madison Cohen transferring, you predicted App State because, of course, he's from um, the Carolina area. So it makes a lot of sense. I think you said that on our episode. So kudos to you for, for calling that one. What do you think of Madison Cohen going to a place like App State? Oh, I think it makes a ton of sense. Um, that was somewhere that right away, once he um, made the decision to enter the portal, it, I, I figured that would be one of the first calls that he would receive. And um, it's, I know that there are a lot of players that he's friends with were there. They were reaching out to him on Twitter and doing that. Um, so about an hour and a half from where he grew up, you know, he's from Kernsville, uh, Boone, North Carolina, is just a, a little bit west of that. So I think it's the opportunity to go home. Um, I think Buffalo would have been a nice fit for him. The shift of, of Lance Leipold going to um, Kansas kind of opened the door for him to possibly make a change. And um, I was I didn't know if he'd maybe follow uh, them to Kansas, but 
I think the move to App State, going back home, um, being where you're comfortable, being around your family, allowing them to go to all your games is going to be something that's got to be exciting for him. I know um, he, he was very appreciative. We were um, blowing it up on our Instagram page, and he was super appreciative, reached out to us. So I think he's really excited about the opportunity to, to head home and play in front of his family. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm looking forward to, to watching him uh, play for App State. I think it's a good opportunity for him to get on the field and, and play. Um, quite a bit, you know. They're they're a school that has a lot of talent that is going to be competitive for for years, and and they have a very good program there. Um, so as a group of five type team, App State is one of the programs that uh, can really be competitive, and and you can play some some high quality football there. So I think his opportunity to get on the field, you know, back home around his family, it, it all will be good, and hopefully it's a situation that works out well for him. I know I was excited to see him at Buffalo as well. I think there was kind of a similar situation, but. Anytime you can be at a school that is, is close to home after being you know, in Madison for years and, and so far away, uh, I think it makes a ton of sense. And, and hopefully he takes this opportunity and, and plays well um, as part of the App State program. Yeah, I think if fans should be excited because they're going to have the opportunity to see him play. Um, they play against Miami. That will be televised uh, nationwide probably early on, Coastal Carolina. They've got Louisiana in conference, so it's going to be a tough conference that they're in, and there should be a lot of really good football to watch with. And uh, Madison Cohn will be involved with a lot of it there at App State, so I'm happy for him. You've got to love Sun Belt, Fun Belt football. It's it's one of the best group of five conferences if you get into it. There's some talent there. Uh, I know this past year was always exciting with Louisiana and App State, um, so it should be a fun conference to watch overall um, in this upcoming season. All right, we'll move on down the line here. 2023 offers. There's been quite a few thrown out um, over the last you know, week or so. Uh, there's been some unofficial visits um, being kicked around by a four-star quarterback in Mac Howard. So we'll start at the top. I know Etta out of Coleyville, Texas, four-star kid, um, of course, was offered by the Badgers. Not super heavily recruited now. You see the situation with Wisconsin a lot. Um, right now he's got offers from Arizona State, Vandy, Wisconsin generally will like to get on a kid early before um, you know a t- before his um, offer list starts to pick up, and, and from the sounds of it, it's going to start picking up here as a defensive end. He's he's got a high upside, and, and offers probably will start flowing in now. You, you see that when Wisconsin gets on a kid early, um, there's usually a lot of schools that will come in you know after, and, and next thing you know, he's going to have a huge offer list. So. What do you make of that, and uh, and what do you make of his situation with the Badgers? I mean, he's an exciting prospect. You look at the film, and, it, and he, he jumps off the page. He, he's definitely an edge, um, twitchy guy that can get, get to the quarterback. 17 sacks in 2020, which is which is a pretty eye-popping number when you consider that he's a 2023 recruit. So I, it's, it's going to be a contested battle. There's going to be more and more schools that are going to get involved rather quickly, especially considering he's a high academic kid with offers from Vanderbilt, Wisconsin. So I would anticipate that there's going to be some of the bigger players involved here. But I think having that early offer always helps. And the intrigue of potentially being able to play as an outside backer in in what will probably be um, a class that they'll take a few more outside linebackers than than they're expected to in 2022, I think he'd he'd be a kid that's going to be near the top of their board and they're going to go after hard as long as he continues to reciprocate um, interest. Yeah, yeah, that's going to be the part to, to certainly keep an eye on. But yeah, you mentioned the the early offers. I think that always bodes well for Wisconsin. 
that they can get in there and, and try to make that relationship start from the beginning and say, you know, when, because eventually these, these big offers, these other schools are going to come in, but Wisconsin will have that, you know, hey, we were, we were, you know, invested in you early, and and that's not always the deciding factor. Some kids will say, well, you know, that's just, that's that's great, but there's more offers there. But sometimes it does make a difference, and they say, you know, this is a team that recruited me from the beginning. They believed in me right away, and um, you know, so it, it's certainly a situation that the Badgers will compete in. Um, it, it's too early with 2023. I mean, we're so far away from even having the 2022 class wrapped up. Um, to make any sort of predictions in 2023, but I think it's a, it's a situation here where Wisconsin could be competitive, and who knows, they could um, certainly land a player like him. But it's uh, it's a ways away at this point. For sure, and and I think his position versatility to play either DN or outside linebacker in Wisconsin's scheme make him definitely an intriguing option. All right, the next offer. This one might be a little bit more tough to compete with. Rodney Gallagher of Uniontown, PA, a four-star wide receiver slash athlete right now he's got offers from michigan state michigan he's actually got offers from penn state to play both football and basketball um you know offers in both sports he's a he's a two-star player very strong basketball player as well number one player in terms of football ratings in the state of pennsylvania so i would have to imagine it's going to be hard to pull him out of that state um you know whether it be on the football side or the basketball side but Wisconsin, of course, you know, throwing the offer out there, seeing what they can do. I mean, there's other schools in there as well, but um, right now I would have to imagine Rodney Gallagher is a guy that a lot of schools are going to want, but uh, it's it's going to be a tough competition for, uh, I would say, an uphill battle for the Badgers to, to really get in there and pull him out of, um, you know, Penn State's backyard. Yeah, I think that's going to be real tough, um, considering both Penn State and Pitt, the two in-state schools, have offered for both sports. You got Wake Forest um, and Illinois already offering for basketball. West Virginia and Michigan for football plays quarterback, plays defensive back, has played wide receiver in the past. I mean, he he has the makings of. I mean, he's one of the top players in the 2023 class. I I have a hard time seeing the Badgers win that one out, just based off of the fact that he has so many different options, whether it be on the playing basketball, whether it be playing football. Um, we saw a guy like Jalen Suggs, who would have been a four-star basketball player, four-star football player, having to balance a decision and ending up at Gonzaga. I would imagine that something similar is going to happen with um, Gallagher, where I don't know if he's going to end up playing basketball like Suggs, but I think he's going to have a tough decision to make. And most likely a school who's offered him for both is going to have a better chance. Uh, and, and that might be just the carrot to get him on campus, and then they he – focuses attention on football or basketball uh, solely. But I think he's the type of kid that he's going to have plenty of options, and I don't know if going halfway across the country to um, Wisconsin is going to be at the top of his list, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be an uphill battle for sure if they want to win that one. Um, I, I would agree with you. I don't really see that one shaping out right now, but you never know. you got to shoot your shot, man. you got to shoot, gotta shoot your shot. you got to take your chances when you got them. Um, but, but really <laughs> – I was watching highlights of him um, on on both basketball and football, and it's just sometimes some kids get so much athleticism that it's just it's just not fair. Where you're watching, it, you're like, how did one kid get so much? But th- that's just the talent that he's got, um, and it's going to be interesting to see his situation, how it plays out. Whether you know, I don't think it'll be at Wisconsin, but whether he even ends up as a football or basketball player is, is certainly 
Um, you know, it's something to watch for because he's got a lot of athleticism, a lot of talent, and uh, will probably only get better. You know, he's still a part of the class of 2023, so there's a lot of time for him to to weigh a lot of these options. So probably an uphill battle for Wisconsin, but like we said, got to take your shot and then see what can happen. All right, maybe more realistic one here. Caleb Black uh, also picked up an offer from Wisconsin, a player that um, out of Spring, Texas, you know, 2023, five nine, one sixty five, wide receiver. So a little. Um, you know, on the smaller side in terms of what your position you're looking for, maybe a, a slot guy. Um, right now, uh, of course, got offers from Houston, Kansas, Tulsa, and Wisconsin. So you feel good about the situation where it is right now. Again, there's this could be a place, you know, not a ranked player, but you could pick up more offers. But the Badgers could be in a good spot here right now. You're not necessarily right now competing with the big boys in Texas. Um, you know, you've got Houston, Tulsa, but Wisconsin is definitely a bigger program than, than both of those. So what do you make of his situation in terms of recruitment and the offer that went out? I like the offer. I mean, he seems like he, he's got some good burst. He can do a little bit of everything with the ball in his hands as, a, as both a runner as, as, and as a pass catcher. You, you mentioned he's a little slight, but at the same time, he's a kid who, who really is, is still, as a 2023 recruit, you're looking at a kid who's just finishing up his sophomore year. So he's young. He's going to get bigger. Um, I don't know if he'll get a ton taller, but he'll fill out his frame a little bit more. And I, I think early offers like this are usually great for Wisconsin to get, get in the door, give themselves a shot, and um, kind of build that relationship from there. Fill out your board once you kind of see as people continue to develop. But I, I like that Elvis Witted is being aggressive early, um, throwing out some of these offers. Yeah, I think that's a huge point of this wide receiver room is you've got Elvis Witted, who's um, you know, not new to the college football world in terms of recruiting, but it's still a different um, you know, pace of the game. You've got to get out as a position coach and really um, make a name for yourself and recruit that position hard, especially at a... At a position that Wisconsin doesn't always land, you know, huge names, you, you've got to go out and you've really got to do your homework and find the people that uh, you think can develop and grow into prospects that, uh, you know, would turn into, you know, strong players like the Danny Davises, the Kendrick Pryors uh, of the world. So Caleb Black's certainly a situation where, in terms of national recruiting, like I said, not a lot of rankings, but it could be a situation where Wisconsin's really dug in and said, hey, you know, we trust our system, our process of evaluating players. We like what he's got and let's throw an offer and see how we can compete. So I think it's a good offer, and it's going to be interesting to see how he develops and to see if his recruitment, um, you know, picks up anymore as he gets into, you know, his junior and senior season. I would have to imagine that it'll be uh, continue to go up, and Wisconsin will um, continue to battle against some bigger schools, but um, some hardy competition doesn't always – or it does help, and, and you never know with Wisconsin. Again, being in there early um, certainly will make a difference. No doubt. All right, 2023 four-star quarterback Mac Howard is actually planning an unofficial visit to Wisconsin. Um, right now, he's got offers from Kansas, Louisville, Middle Tennessee State. No, I don't believe any offer from Wisconsin yet, um, but still no, interest there. And um, you know, going to take an unofficial visit, so of course not part of his five official visits, but. Going to be a kid, again, that recruitment probably picks up. 6'2", 185 out of Columbus, Mississippi. Um, got some you know, interest from some Power 5 schools, so there's there's a situation there. But I think it makes sense for Wisconsin to kind of start making looks uh, at a player like him. And he, he's got talent. He's got some arm strength. And uh, we'll see how things take off for him. But what do you make of that situation and him taking an unofficial visit all the way up to Madison? 
I think it's definitely positive for the Badgers. You want to get as talented of players as you can, four-star kid out of Mississippi who's obviously interested in the Wisconsin to come up in and take that visit. Um, you look at their board right now at quarterback for that 2023 class, which I think is going to be an important um, mm-hmm. piece just based off of the fact that um, you've, you've skipped a few years at multiple times throughout the past five. And so you're, you're kind of light. And you will be after a guy like Danny Vandenboon leaves, who, who's kind of a, a, a depth guy. So I think that I would anticipate that they're going to try to shoot for the moon, try to get one of their top guys. I know they only have one offer out right now, and that's to Cam Edge, which is all-name team member. Um, but he's a get, kid out of DeMatha, where if you remember, Wisconsin tried to make some inroads um, there back a while ago. They got Taiwan Deal, um, but one of the top – schools in like the Maryland DC metro then there's an in-state kid as well Chase Spellman out of Kettle Moraine who um, Wisconsin has done really well in that area in the past who's getting a lot of interest from all over including the Badgers so I think it's going to be fascinating to see um, if they can get edge on on campus this summer I know Spellman's going to be coming up and they're going to have Howard if one of those guys earns an offer do they kind of you know, grab one of those that spot before somebody else can and um, kind of to see how the, the quarterback board shakes out just because you don't have John Budmeyer who had really relied on in-person uh, evaluations. You're going to probably have Paul Christ heavily involved. I know um, Bobby Dunn, who's been on the podcast, uh, he's a grad assistant who, or analyst who's going to be working at recruiting with that. So I think it's going to be interesting beyond just Mac Howard, because I think he can spin it. I think he's a good prospect is right. Really the development at that, at that spot, because you're probably only bringing in one and who is going to be that guy when, when you've got some nice options so far early in the 2023 class. Yeah. I think that's what makes quarterback recruiting you know, so, so interesting and so much different is that there's not usually, you know, teams taking multiple in a class. So you kind of play that cat and mouse game of, of if I get the offer, you know, am I in a situation where I want to take it, you know, or do I want to wait and, and see what other possibilities pop up and risk, you know, someone else, you know, getting that offer in and popping in that way. So it's it's always an interesting storyline to watch for and a kind of an added layer of quarterback recruiting because, you know, if you're, court, if you're recruiting an outside linebacker, you can take multiple in a class and that situation doesn't really pop up. If you're court, recruiting cornerbacks, you can take multiple in class, and you're not going to have that situation. But uh, quarterback is a little bit different, where you, you sometimes you're only taking one. Most of the time, you're only taking one. So that situation can kind of arise, and it turns into a little game of, of you know, not, not want to say chicken, but who's going to take that offer first, who's going to get the offer first, and, and how it all plays out. It always makes um, you know an added little drama, which makes the quarterback room and the position um, much more intriguing and interesting. No doubt. All, all right, moving on now to the well, – we'll get into – that's all the 2023 offers that have went out of late, um, but we've got some crystal ball predictions for the 2022 class um, in regards to K.J. Miles. So last last episode we talked a lot about the 2022 class. Of course, K.J. Miles is part of that June 17th visit to Wisconsin. Um, he's got some other offers uh, from Georgia Tech, Texas, Georgia – or sorry, Georgia and Georgia Tech, Texas, Penn State – um, and got some official visits to Georgia Tech and Texas as well in June. Um, but right now, in 247, Evan Flood and some others have uh, crystal ball predictions for him to go to Wisconsin. That was kind of 
Um, both of those happened in between our last episode. So it sounds like Wisconsin is starting to build towards uh, K.J. Miles, of course, out of Jersey City, New Jersey, St. Peter's Prep. Um, you know, Wisconsin has always done well in that area of recruiting, um, you know, the, the New Jersey metro kind of area that way. But what do you make of the predictions uh, of K.J. Miles now? You know, not overly confident. In terms of crystal ball, it's only a five, but that's still um, an inclination and, and a different change from where it was earlier in the week. So it sounds like there's been some positive signs uh, for him at least showing, you know, a little bit warmer interest in the Badgers. Yeah, I think I think he's a he's the type of kid that you really want on that defensive line. We mentioned him in the our last episode earlier in the week as a kid that um, they could possibly make waves for and possibly get involved with um, if they can get him on campus. And sure enough, they they got the official visit all set up now. He's coming on that the weekend of the seventeenth, eighteenth that we've talked about. That's pretty loaded. Um, and and I think that you look at the work that Ross Kalaji is doing as a recruiter, and you, you have to be impressed so far based off the fact that he came in a little later in the process, um, doesn't necessarily have a ton of experience as a recruiter based off the fact that he was a um, strength coach previously. But Keith Miles or KJ Miles, however you would like to, to refer to him, he, he would be a huge recruit. 38 different offers. You've got Georgia. You mentioned Texas, Penn State. He's got USC, Alabama, Auburn, like Florida State, Miami, Michigan. Like the list goes on. He he can pick across the nation between a lot of different schools. He's a prep kid in New Jersey, and I think having Saeed Khalif on staff, a, a New Jersey guy who who can um, really talk with him, let him know just what they're trying to build. Um, they need defensive tackles in this class if they're not taking uh, a nose tackle last year. Kind of seeing the development of of uh, Keanu Benton. He's a kid who could leave early. So I think you look at it right now, they're in a really good spot for some of these um, defensive tackles and defensive linemen, and, and hopefully they can land Ham and a couple others, including Miles, and I think you'd have a really good defensive line uh, class, and and he would be one of the top guys. Him and Ham would be you know, top of the board, four-star guys that could help you out and really transform the defense in a lot of ways because while the Badgers have had some high-tier defensive linemen. If you can get some more guys who can be disruptive, that can that can really free things up for your outside backers and inside linebackers who are twisting and blitzing. And that's a, that's something that Jim Leonard's got to be salivating about and hoping that they can close on a kid like Miles. Yeah, I think it would be a huge win for the Badgers to to get a you know possible landing commitment from from a guy like KJ Miles. I mean. You, you've seen it where when Wisconsin recruits and they get strong defensive lineman prospects, it's really picked up of late, but you can see how that can change a defense like you just kind of mentioned. So I think we're going in and competing at a, a position like defensive line, defensive tackle with, with schools like Texas and Penn State and Georgia, if you were able to win that battle, that really says that you, you're doing things right in, in terms of recruiting, but you're also able to go in in a position that you don't always have the the strongest you know um, you know you had track record compared to some of these other schools, but um, you're starting to win some of those battles. I think would be huge. So I'm interested to see how this one plays out. And right now, it sounds like it's trending towards Wisconsin. And with when you've got those predictions, the, of course that can always change. But you get him on campus for a visit in mid June, and hopefully can wow and impress there. And and then you know, you you pretty much played your cards and, and hopefully can come out with a win. I think that would be a really strong situation for the Badgers. 
Yeah, he's a talented player. If you watch his film, he's disruptive, and that's something that this defense could use. And if you have a really talented defensive line and really just people getting to the quarterback, it makes the back end and the secondary and everything else uh, as part of your defense so much easier. All right, guys, that wraps up the recruiting portion of the podcast. We'll go ahead and get our ad reads out of the way, and we'll get then we'll get into some Camp Randall news, of course, with the South End Zone project proceeding. All right, so Camp Randall's renovations are now proceeding in the South End Zone. Um, of course, delayed due to COVID, uh, but now the project is uh, back on, and I never really expected it to go away, but of course, with the lack of financials with this COVID season. You wondered when it would kick off again. Um, so that project will be um, you know, getting going here and will be expected to be completed before the 2022 season starts up. So it's an interesting, I mean, you look at the pictures, the renderings, always good. I'm a little biased that I don't necessarily love the project because actually our season tickets will be displaced because of it. So that uh, is, is a little bit of a knock, but you live and, and you can move on from it, and we'll, uh, we're, I think we're moving a section over um, in terms of our season, but that's all for selfish reasons. <laughs> what do you make of this uh, south end zone development and, and that project getting back um, you know, towards the green light and eventually will be taken off here? I really like it. I think it's um, – I'm sorry about potentially <laughs> you losing where you are seating, um, but you look at it right now and – it re- looks really nice. It looks really cool. I love the idea that they're going to have alcohol there in, in the certain sections. Um, you look at some of the renderings and, and what they're going for, and after going to Tampa two years ago, I mean, that seems like yesterday at this point, but um, going to that opener against Tampa or in Tampa, and that was an NFL stadium. You got to see kind of what the – the luxury status was inside when you're walking around there, and it's completely different than Camp Randall. And and that's not what Camp Randall is always going to be about. But I think adding things like this is, is something that you walk recruits in, you you walk donors around in, and it and it definitely helps. So I think this is something that um, you look at the extra premium club seatings. That's where they make their money. You got the terrace. Um, element outside, which we've seen does wonders uh, across the state, um, not only the Terrace in Madison, but any beer garden or anything that you're going outside. So I think overall, it's it's a nice way for them to continue to upgrade Camp Randall and still keep the, the beauty and the history that is still within the, the campus and still within the building. But um, overall, I think it's positive. It's It's really nice that it's going to be ready for that 2022 season, which I think was one of, one of the biggest things. And it's just a way to kind of give Camp Randall another facelift. It's been around for, for over 100 years now. So it, it's, it's something that it makes a ton of sense. And hopefully it's, it once again improves the viewing experience, which we're going to talk about here in a little bit, for, for people who are kind of on the fringe. Because for you and I, it, it doesn't matter. I don't need to be sitting in a luxury seat. I'm going to be at that at the Badger game no matter what. But for for some folks, it's it's another way to get people there early, get people active, um, and and for the university, it's it's money. It's money yeah. that they're going to be able to pull in, and that's that's one of the biggest elements in all of this. Yeah, that's that's the huge portion. You know, money, alcohol sales, will will be able to pick up in that section. Um, and also, you never know, maybe with them starting in that section, it'll eventually trickle into other sections. I know 
everyone um, that I've talked to would love to buy an overpriced beer at Camp Randall, and <laughs> unfortunately, you can't. You're smuggling in whatever alcohol bottle you've got and taking warm swigs out of the pocket. But um, it would be nice to have some renderings of that. You know, these it, it's an interesting situation because Camp Randall, of course, has that history. You know, it's been around for so long. You want to maintain that, but at the same time. You got to make money now, um, especially with an off year with COVID. So I think it, you, you definitely get why. You know, you see, you see these premium seatings at other stadiums and other schools even um, that that do really well can pull in revenue and and that of course gets put back into the programs. Not only football, it, it goes into other programs as well. So when you you see a money making opportunity like that for Wisconsin football to, to upgrade. And also give Camp Randall a facelift. I mean, we everybody loves Camp Randall, but there are situations where things are sometimes a little dated. Um, I know the history of it is always great, but there are some amenities that you could certainly improve. I think this is a nice middle ground that um, you you get some new, but you keep most of the old. And um, I, I think you're in an okay situation. And um, you know, for these people that are in the, the sections of season tickets that are moved, hopefully you had the opportunity to move it, and um, you'll you'll still be in a a good situation over there. So at the end of the day, I think it's a win-win for Wisconsin football that they can upgrade facilities, maintain kind of the history of that, and and people will get an upgraded viewing experience and, and will hopefully continue to go to games and donate and, and spend their money because that's what it's there for, and uh, hopefully Wisconsin can come through and, and make that project well, and I think it will work out for them. My, my question here, and one of my first things right away two years ago when they announced it was – Band Day, you know, they bring in they bring in all the bands from across the state, or many bands, I should say, from across the state to play, and it's and it's that's a a special day for a lot of those um, musicians. And are they going to use that area still for Band Day, or are they going to shift that? What is that going to look like? And I think that's something that um, it's it's kind of a, a very small nuance that I'm sure that they'll figure out, and that they're not even too worried about right now because. The almighty dollar will, will move the needle a little bit more for them, but um, I, I just that's something that we're, we're so used to for years now. Um, and is that something that might be kind of pushed aside, or is the those those high school um, band folks going to be in a different section, or how is that going to look? So I think that's one little unintended consequence of, of this that we that might uh, fall out or maybe shift. Yeah, that that part's gonna be interesting. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's always in the section right to the right of us over there. So that'll be um, something to watch for, uh, for sure. But there's little things like that that hopefully they'll. I'm sure they've thought about in in some regard. But again, the, like you said, the the dollar wins out, and um, you know, alcohol sales, donors, it all makes more sense. And hopefully they can find a way um, for situations like that to to still be in play because it is a big deal for a lot of those. Um, you know, high school kids that way to to be able to go and play in Camp Randall is certainly a cool experience. But whatever the whatever the thoughts of the project, it's it's just going to be good to be back at Camp Randall, and that's part of it for me. Where you know originally we didn't think our season tickets were we're right on that line. Um, you weren't going to be displaced. We're going to be moving over a section. But I think for me at this point, I'm just going to be happy to be back in Camp Randall, wherever it is. Um, you just to get back and see the live sporting events. It's like I said in the beginning, um, I have not been to one since everything shut down. Um, but uh, still at the same time, I think there's going to be a lot of people that are vying for um, that home watch experience that we've all kind of been to. It's it, there's two sides of the coin where you you everyone's going to want to be back there, but how long does that excitement last? I know Drew wrote up an article 
um, on Bucky's Recorder. Make sure to check that out, which kind of weighed the options and took a poll of how many you know, people will be at a certain number of games. And for some people, it's a couple. For you and I, it's to, to be to as many as possible, both home. And I know this year I'm looking to go to, to Soldier Field and watch that Notre Dame game on the road. So um, it's definitely that live experience is, is going to be changed, but I'm interested to see um, you know how that will play out this season. Uh, what did you make of the article, and what do you think of in terms of the season outlook and how that might change going forward? Yeah, I mean, I totally get um, where Drew's coming from just because the overall viewing uh, experience at home has been enhanced so much just because you can watch it, you can watch multiple games at the same time if you throw up a couple of TVs, um, get your, your basement all set up, and you can eat your food when you want, you can drink your own beer, right? You can save some, some cash, you don't have to deal with parking, other aspects. But um, for me, it's, it's being able to be there, the traditions, the camaraderie, it's uh, something that I think is it, you don't get the same when you're watching at home. It's you don't have the excitement. Um, the tailgating experience is obviously first class, which is why you know, fans are usually a little later than they need to be. Um, but I think the biggest thing going into this year and why I'm really excited about it is you have a really good slate of games. This mm-hmm. isn't like the 2018 season where they had Western Kentucky, New Mexico, BYU. In Illinois, Rutgers, in Minnesota, right? Like that is that is boring. That's sleepwalking um, types of games. When you look at this season, though, you've got. I mean, it starts right off the jump here against Penn State in what could be a night game. It could still be a Friday night game for all we know. It could be on the third. Um, but then you have Michigan at home. You've got Iowa at home. You've got that Penn State game. You've got Northwestern. You've got Nebraska. So you've got. You've got good teams in your conference coming. You've got a team like Army, non-con, who's, who's pretty good. I mean, Eastern Michigan is, is going to be one that is going to be a cakewalk. But you look at it, and I think having a really nice schedule of, and slate of home games should have fans jazzed up to be there. And um, you look at how much people have kind of gone ahead and not been able to do things. And to be able to – Leave your home, drive whatever amount of time, wherever, depending upon where you live in the state, to get to the game and enjoy it is going to be something that a lot of fans are, have been clamoring for after not being able to do it last year. So I, for one, I'm excited. I'll be there um, September 4th for sure, and I'll be at the other home games. Um, I'm guessing you will be as well, and I'm guessing most fans. you got 85 to 88% of fans um, renewing their season tickets. So you're, you're going to be seeing – packed packed stadiums for especially those big games. And I would anticipate that Penn State game, uh, definitely, uh, because people are going to be eager to be in the stadium. And and sure, there's going to be – there's things that make the in-person viewing a little bit different, right? Like you you might miss out on some subtle aspects, but that's why you get YouTube TV so you can record the damn game. So whatever. (laughs) There you go. Yep, I agree. That's what I got as well. Yeah. I'm I'm so excited to have that in-person viewing back. Um, it's it's going to be. Um, I, I think people will appreciate it. And like you said, there were there were home schedules over the past few years that have been a little bit lackluster. But add in the the pandemic and also this year having a really solid home schedule, I think people are really going to enjoy it. There are certain aspects. I mean, for me, like Badger games, the in-person experience is is so much better. Um, and, and I enjoy being in there. But on the flip side, you know, like Packer games, I'm not always 
Um, granted, I haven't been to as many in person, but um, I've always kind of vied for the the at-home viewing in that one uh, for, for me. So it's different for each sport and each fan. Um, the other part is that Green Bay is quite a haul from, from where we might be at. But um, the, the situation for live sporting events, especially for Wisconsin, is is always fun. Uh, I'm excited to get back there. I think people will be, um, you know, excited and, and amped up. And I think Camp Randall, that first, that September 3rd or 4th, whenever that game is, is absolutely the stadium is going to be rocking. It's going to feel so good to be back there and with, with all these people around. Hopefully by then, you know, you don't have to do any sort of mass. It's just going to be hopefully back to normal. You're going to be back in your, your seats with the, the people that if you're season tickets holders, um, you're used to being around, and, and it will hopefully be uh, a lot of fun that way. So uh, for me, I'm, I'm I'm really excited, and I can't wait to, to see what Camp Randall brings this fall. It's also a funny thing. You look at some of the students that are and, – and I know that many people have had a hard time and talked um, at nauseum about um, the issues with students, uh, you know, getting through gates, getting into this stuff, um, and being on time. But you you're going to have two full classes – of kids who this is their first Badger game because mm-hmm. you're going to have a full freshman group. You're also going to have uh, the group that's going to be sophomores next year that have never been at a game. And so that's, I mean, you look at it across your campus, that's a large chunk that have never been there. So they're going to be all excited to, to, to learn the traditions, be there. Um, who knows if they get there on time? That's, that's life's <laughs> great mystery at this point. But at the same point, they're going to be excited to, to be there, and I think that's going to be something to, to watch and that could could liven the, the energy at the stadium in a lot of ways. Yeah, it'll certainly be something to look for, and I think overall there'll be a lot of people excited to, to be back at Camp Randall um, this fall and this offseason or this upcoming season to um, have the tailgating, have the game, have all those experience traditions that we know and love that, of course, we've missed for um, days and weeks now, uh, months uh, since the last season and, and everything that's gone on. So I think it's going to be a welcome sign. All right, guys, that wraps up the latest episode of the podcast. Hope you enjoyed um, us talking about this new um, stadium renovations and the new offers that went out. We'll, of course, be back with you next week. We've got some uh, interesting hypotheticals to talk about. Uh, going to do a uh, top 10 in terms of Badgers and important Badgers for this upcoming season. So should be a, a fun exercise for that as well. Um, so looking forward to keep bringing you the podcast uh, two, two times a week as we have been um, all off season. Thank you guys for listening, and as always, on Wisconsin.